Okay, well, many of you remember the story of Jonah. God asked Jonah to go out and preach in that wicked city of Nineveh. And in those days, um, Jonah was rather a popular prophet. This is back in the time of Israel, and he was well-liked. And Israel was doing pretty well back then, but Israel had a rival country off to the east, and the rival was Assyria, and the capital of Assyria was Nineveh. Here's a map so you can look and get your bearings of where all these places are. Now, normally back then, a prophet would have been overjoyed to go and preach at some place he didn't like and tell them, bring doom and gloom and destruction because throughout the history of Israel, God had shown that if a nation was wicked, it was going to be destroyed. So I think Jonah would have been pretty excited and pretty happy to go. But instead, he went the opposite direction. He went to somewhere called Tarshish. And we have to wonder why. Why did he do that? And that's the question I had when I was reading the scripture. Why wouldn't Jonah want to go off and preach destruction to Nineveh, the very people he despised? Seems like it would have been a fun thing for a prophet to do. But whatever the reason, God didn't take his disobedience too well. So he sent a storm that sunk the ship, or was just about to sink the ship. And so the sailors were very in a panic, and they were praying. Um, Jonah was sleeping, but he'd also been, oh, knowing that this was not a good thing he had done. He'd come to the realization he was going against God. So he was also praying and wishing that he would die. So the sailors decided to help him get his wish, and so they threw him over the boat. You can see here. But it turned out, they, they thought he would die, but did he get his wish? You know the story. No, he didn't die. And we learned from the last verse in chapter 1 that he did not. So what happened? Well, you all know, he was swallowed by a big, big fish. And some people say it was a whale. And here, look, this whale looks really happy to be swallowing Jonah. <laughs> And Jonah stayed in the belly of the whale or this big fish for three days and three nights. So while he's in the whale, Jonah's learning repentance. So that's how he's passing his time. See, both, I don't know if he was as happy as that. <laughs> but he's learning repentance, okay? So this was a lesson for Jonah. Then Jonah's washed up to the beach and Jonah decides, well, I'm going to make some other plans. And he said, well, since God spared my life, I think I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And when I'm in Jerusalem, I'm going to offer some sacrifices to God there. Well, was that what God wanted? No, God didn't want that. God wanted obedience from Jonah and reminded Jonah that there is this undone, undone task that God had originally asked of Jonah. This is an incredibly important lesson in verse 1. As Christians, God might ask us to do things we don't really want to do. And so, like Jonah, we, heard, we head off into the other direction. 
storms of life may come. But more often than not, God allows us just to continue down the path away from obedience. But hopefully, hopefully there comes a day when, like Jonah, we want to return to God and we worship Him and we are used by God. In looking at the scripture again, we can ask, who are we in this text from Jonah? What if instead of seeing ourselves as the reluctant prophet who needs to go preach to the great city that needs to repent, what if we, if we are the great city that needs to repent? What if we are Nineveh? Nineveh was the capital city of the most powerful empire back in those days, the Assyrian Empire. Now, Jonah doesn't list its sins, but the prophet Nahum does. He said that there was war, and it was a city that enslaves nations, a city that took advantage of the the poor because, as it says in Nahum 3, it had increased their merchants more than the stars of heaven, but like locusts, they stripped the land, and then they flew away. But God doesn't want Nineveh to be destroyed in spite of it being a very wicked, wicked city. God wants Nineveh to turn, to repent, to come back to God. God wants to save Nineveh. There's so much good news in this book of Jonah that can help us. For the fact is that we, too, live in a moment when God wants us to turn, to change course, And that's the meaning of the word repentance, to change course, to turn immediately. And we are to turn so that the world will not be destroyed. To be sure, we face many crises today. But the most perilous crisis, the crisis we and our empire are causing, and the one that carries the most perilous long-term consequences for hundreds of millions of people is global climate change. The crisis is the warming of the planet as a result of our burning of fossil fuels at ever-accelerating rates. Now, this is God's kingdom we're talking about, God's world, and yet we are destroying it. Global climate change is the crisis that is already hurting so many vulnerable people around the world. In Alaska, the native native people from the city of Sheshmaref, they have houses that are falling into the ocean because of the loss of the sea ice that used to protect their island village from violent storms. And you can see that here in this slide. There are Africans who have been farmers for generations and generations who are no longer able to raise a crop because the rains never come. And you see this slide of the drought. Droughts in much of Africa are unprecedented, and climate models predict that they will worsen as carbon dioxide concentrations increase. The great injustice of climate change is that communities that have done nothing to cause it, nothing to cause it, live 
in places that will experience the greatest suffering. Whole islands of the Pacific are already disappearing because of the increasing sea levels. Just 40 days, Jonah tells Nineveh. Just 40 days. Perhaps Nineveh didn't realize that what it was doing, what it was doing to the world, to other nations and to its own people, what it was doing was wrong. And for a long time, we didn't know the consequences of what we were doing. And we didn't know about fossil fuel burning. We didn't know the consequences. We didn't know about the physics of the greenhouse and the danger that the carbon emissions were causing in the atmosphere. But since 1988, for the last 31 years, we have known. We have been warned by prophets like NASA scientists who've been trying to tell us. And yet, like Jonah, many of us went in the opposite direction from where we should have gone. We didn't care what the scientists were saying, and we were buying a ticket to Tarshish. Many countries went in the opposite direction from where prophetic voices told us where we should have gone. Jonah says, just in 40 days, this great city will be destroyed. Like Jonah sent to preach to Nineveh, God has been sending scientists as prophets for us to plead with us, to warn us as the irreversible tipping points we risk triggering, such as the melting of the Arctic Sea, the melting of the Greenland ice sheet that will cause sea levels to rise. And you see these poor polar bears, this family on a bit of ice floating. So if we don't repent, if we don't turn around, the consequences will truly be disastrous. Yet, yet there is much good news in the book of Jonah that can help us, that can help us face this crisis. First and foremost, God loves Nineveh. And the good news is, God loves us, and God loves the city of Kobe. God loves all the people here, and God loves all the animals, and that's good news for us. God does not consign Nineveh to certain destruction. God wants to avert destruction. And God, God loves us passionately. Second, perhaps most amazing, the good news that Nineveh can and does turn. The people of Nineveh do repent. They put on sackcloth and ashes. Even the animals, I don't know how the animals did that, put on sackcloth and ashes, they must have had help. But here you can see they're all repenting as Jonah talks to them. The model Nineveh provides of how a huge imperial capital city turned in just 40 days can serve for us as a model of how the greatest empire on earth today can shift course. With good leadership, Nineveh, this giant ship of state, and all the people, and all the animals, changed course. And it changed pretty fast. And how did they do it? How did they deal with all the naysayers and all the arguments that it would cost too much? How did it deal with the skeptics who thought that Jonah, the prophet, was exaggerating the danger? What about all the arguments that you can't interfere in the free markets and you can't repent until all the other eight nations do, perhaps the ancient equivalents of China and India do. 
We can't repent till they do. Now, I suppose that would have been maybe China and them out of Babylon and Tyre. I don't know. Because then you won't be competitive in the world market. So you can't repent. So this is what the naysayers might be saying. But the Bible tells us that the whole city of Nineveh, the imperial capital, turned. And that's what repentance means. It means to change course. Humbly, the king said, this is what we have to do. And he embarked on a fast-track campaign to change the public will. He made his case. Perhaps it will be in time. And hopefully, we are in time to invert the disaster that we will not be destroyed. And as I said, he even enlisted the animals. I know we have a lot of animal lovers in our congregation, but he even enlisted the animals to join in the turning, the whole community. Now, the third and the best piece of good news is that the disaster is averted. God does relent. You see this slide of Jonah in the bush? Well, this, of course, is what makes Jonah so angry in this pouting scene with the bush in chapter 4. I knew you were a God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. It says that in chapter 4. But Jonah doesn't look too happy. Time is short, only 40 days. But the good news of Jonah is still there. And it's time to avert the disaster. And there's time for us. Maybe not a lot of time, but enough time. We have a f maybe at least 10 more years of grace. And if we don't go beyond those irreversible tipping points, creation, God's creation, has an amazing power to heal. To be sure, global warming is not a punishment from God. That's a big difference from the Jonah story. And we do need to say it. It's not a punishment. It's the logic of consequences. The fact that in this physical universe that God has created, with this wonderful atmosphere, certain actions cause other actions to happen. And again, that's the physics of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases that trap heat. And you cannot keep increasing carbon without warming the planet. But there's hope. Right now, there's a climate change strike from September 20th to 27th. And you may have heard of something that was started by a woman named Greta Thunberg called Fridays for the Future. She was only 15 when she was in front of the Swedish parliament holding up a sign saying, we have to do something. And she wanted to get people aware of the need for climate change. Have you heard of her before? Greta Thunberg? Some of you, perhaps? If not, you can Google her later. But we will have even an event this Friday in Kobe at the Minato no Mori Koen at 5 p.m. for this Fridays for the Future to talk about the importance of climate change. And this youth, we have hope in our youth who are speaking out. And so perhaps we can join them as they strive to protect God's creation. And Nineveh can serve as a parable for us all. This young woman, Greta Thunberg, said that we should consume less, we should waste less, and enjoy life more. She herself has been living a very simple life, maybe some things we can't do. She's 
given up air travel. She takes a solar boat, and she took a boat from Sweden to go to New York for a climate summit. Don't know if we can all do that. She's also become a vegan. Don't know if we can all do that, although if you want to become one, Meg Miyatani will give you tips on how to do that. But perhaps we can look for other ways. We can try to uh, recycle, we can use less, maybe eat a little less meat, conserve more. You know, there are ways that we can each take part. Mother Teresa once said that the world with all its problems is like a huge ocean, but by doing something it can be one drop less. So we look at Nineveh. It's a model, an inspiration for the urgent repentance required for all of us in the next year, coming years. There is unbelievable good news for Nineveh in this story. Good news that we can take to heart. And surely we can do as well as Nineveh. The prophet Jonah is still speaking today. God is still teaching us important lessons through plants. And you see, we're back to this wonderful bush. You know, at first it provided shade for Jonah, and then it was in the morning that God sent a little worm and that ate the bush, and he's very upset about this, and it's withering. But it was a lesson for Jonah. It taught Jonah and teaches us that God's grace is bigger than we realize. And God still loves us. God loves KUC. God loves Kobe City. God loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to save us. And God is pleading with us to turn, to turn before it's too late. Let us pray. Loving God, turn us, turn us to you. Turn us so that we may grow closer to you and look for ways to protect and save this wonderful planet, this wonderful creation that you made, dear Lord. We turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.